What's going on, everybody? This is your man, Big Stu, Scott Stewart, or Professor Stewart, depending on how you know me. And we are back for another dynamic episode of Dope People. And today we are graced with the presence of Principal Shine on Lakeisha Williams. Principal Shine on, welcome to the show. Thank you, thank you, thank you for having me. Absolutely. Now, let me give you a professional introduction. Okay. Okay. And then we're going to dig into a more casual introduction through a game of this or that. And then we'll jump into our conversation. Is that all right with you? Yes, I'm ready. All right. All right. So Lakeisha Williams, principal, shine on Lakeisha Williams is a Brooklyn native. BK in the building. Right? All day. <laughs> BK all day. Brooklyn native who is enthusiastic about working in a community that she loves. Principal Shine On Lakeisha Williams is a social justice educational leader with more than 20 years of experience as a paraprofessional, classroom teacher, staff developer, assistant principal, special ed administrator, principal coach, janitor, uh, whatever we need her to be, she's done it. Custodial engineer, window washer, <laughs> she gets it done for the kids in the building. But listen, her greatest strengths include school turnaround, instructional leadership, school improvement, action plans, data-driven culture, differentiated professional development, community engagement, and family empowerment initiatives. She's not playing. She's not playing any games. Lakeisha was recently on ABC7, WPix11, now this politics, Italian Broadcasting Corporation for her Brown Girls Empowerment Activity. And she's also an author of this book, Shine On Brown Girl. You can go get this at Amazon. The link will be in the show notes. This is an amazing episode. Shine On, Principal Shine On, Lakeisha Williams. Thank you. Newspapers. You've been on TV, mm -hmm. you've been covered. And 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 look, she's a part of OSG, y'all. She is a part of OSG. And if you don't know, wake up, smell the coffee and get in tune. Because if you don't know, if you're an educator and you don't know about OSG, you might be operating in the 1900s or something. Because we in the 2000s with it. All right. So we got that out the way. Yes. What an impressive resume. Thank you. And while we were talking, I'm like, what is he talking about? I'm talking about <laughs> you. You shining. You shine. Every time I see you on social media, every time I see you in the in the, in the OSG weekly meetings, you always shining. Your energy, you're shining through your spirit. You shine through your, your skin is always popping. Everything is going on, and it shows through in your work as well. We're going to talk about that in a second. But let us get to know you in a more personal, you know, more casual setting. Is that all right? That's all right. Let's do it. Let's do it. We're going to play a game of this or that. Are you familiar with this or that? A little bit. Okay, so I give you two choices. You pick one. <laughs> Don't put a lot of thought into it. Don't overthink it. 
first thing that comes to your mind. If you want to give explanation as to why you chose that, you can. If not, don't worry about it. Okay. All right. We're going to start real slow. Mm -hmm. Do you eat meat? Are you a meat eater? Do you eat, I eat meat? meat? Okay. White meat or dark meat? White meat. White meat. Okay. Apple or Android? Apple. All right. Here's a tricky one. Bunny? Bunny or squirrel? I'm gonna go with bunny. <laughs> Pancakes or waffles? Pancakes. Okay. All right. Library or museum? Museum. HBCU or PWI? HBCU. All right. All right. Let's turn the first corner. Love or money? Woo! Love. <laughs> I'm gonna leave that alone. If you, you want to touch it, if you want to touch it, you can touch it, but I'm gonna leave it alone. Because all things come with love. Mm. In, in my book, all things come with love, right? All things yeah. don't necessarily come with money. Shameless plug, we're gonna, you gotta focus on the love. Shout out to Principal Agbar. <laughs> you gotta focus on the love, right? That's right. All things come with money. All things because making money. sure that, you know, you're good, your partner is good, your family is good, your community is good, all of that. So money is a part of that package. But if you're just focusing on money, doesn't necessarily mean love is a part of that. I agree. If you're doing it just for the money, you're doing it for the wrong reason. Mm -hmm. You should do it for the love. I love that. I love that. Book or movie? Book or movie? Book or movie. Wow. I'll go with movie. But it really depends on the day. The day or the day? The day, D-A-Y, or D-A-T-E? <laughs> I want, I, I didn't hear you. I, I wasn't. I, <laughs> the day, D-A-Y. Okay. Yeah. I may want to go see a movie. Sometimes I may just want to relax and, you know, pick up a book. All right. Mm -hmm. Fire or ice? Ice. Mm. You already on fire. You already <laughs> on fire. So ice makes sense. I get that. I get that. <laughs> Wonder Woman or Wonder Woman or oh that's that's not the right one. Let me, let me fix that. Wonder Woman or Catwoman? Wonder Woman. Okay. Teachers or parents? Parents. Teachers or principals? Principals. Unions or non-unions? Mm, I'm going to go with unions. All right. Mm -hmm. Traditional education or e-learning? If I had to choose between the two, I have to say traditional. Okay. Let's pick up there. Why? Why traditional? Why traditional? And when you pick, um, why, why did you go with that? I went with that because when I think of, you know, uh, traditional learning, I'm thinking about the reality of where our children and families are. And so to go with e-learning over that, I know that for especially the marginalized communities, that's not where they are, right? So there, there is, there's definitely a space for us to improve upon traditional learning. Um, but I don't think it should be eradicated. Totally. Society is not ready for that yet. 
Totally get it. Thank you for playing. Thank you for playing this or that. That really gives us some insight into who you are behind the resume. Yes. So yes. tell us a little bit. We know you're from Brooklyn, but I really want to know what kind of student were you, particularly from like sixth grade through high school? Who were you as a student? Middle and high school. Okay, so I grew up in Brooklyn, right? And and I am from Brooklyn, but I hailed from Allendale, South Carolina, small town. And I mentioned that because my, you know, educational experience was impacted by what my family experienced in the South. So we're talking about the 50s and the 60s where, you know, Black folks in the deep South were still sharecroppers, which is still a form of slavery, right? And so when uh, my older relatives, my, my parents' generation and, and um, before them, when they got up in the morning, it was a choice. Do we go to work or do we go to work on the farm or do we go to school, right? And so again, based on their experiences, school was not a priority for them. However, you know, when my grandmother came to the city in the 60s because she wanted a different life, like by that time, they knew that they needed to participate in education. So for my parents, they definitely drilled that in, in our heads from day one. So by the time I got to middle school, I was already, you know, an honor student in an advanced, um, <clears throat> advanced classes in middle school. And I went to uh, one of the uh, specialized high schools in Brooklyn. But going to that school, you know, I was one of, of many children who were like me and coming from the marginalized communities of East New York, Brownsville and Bethel Stuyvesant, even though I was able to pass the test, it was still a culture shock for me. And so the, uh, you know, the teaching staff and the admin staff, but the principal is the leader of the school, right? Which is why when you said teachers are principal, principal, because the principal needs to make sure that the teachers are taken care of. And teachers are parents, same thinking. We need to make sure that we're taking care of the parents, right? Um, so in, in my high school, it, it just, it wasn't set up to help children like myself thrive, you know, in, in a school environment like that. That's interesting. And there are so many like lanes that we could walk down in order to explore that deeper. There's so much depth in you explaining that, uh, your upbringing. Uh, there's a lot of depth in that because a lot of times we think, that you know, sharecropping slavery, that mentality is 400 years ago, so we should be over it. No, 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 that's that's today. That's happening right now. That's in our DNA. <laughs> History for me is all about stories, which is why I write, right? It's all about stories and which perspective is being told. And I'm very particular about what I share because what we don't oftentimes speak about in our society is, the reasons why, or that there's 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 a relationship of cause and effect, right? And so when we look at the, unfortunately in our society, we're always looking at the effects of something, but we're not brave enough, courageous enough, strong enough, you know, to let's examine the causes, and that's what we need to address if we want to have a different effect. And I was just talking about that today, like. Uh... At my humanness, I desire as much comfort in my life as I can possibly handle. 
right? <laughs> right. But there's no growth in comfort. Right. And I aspire to grow, but growing is uncomfortable and it is, it does hurt and it does require us to dig up and get dirty and pull up things from, you know, that we don't want to deal with, but that's the only way you're going to get past and grow is by digging in there and going to the roots of the issues that we're dealing with. Specifically, we're talking today about education and educating our, our black and brown young people, right? I mean, we, we, this is, we could have this conversation about all kids, but we really got to talk about the kids in my house, the kids in my community, and they tend to look a little bit more like me than not. Absolutely. And I'm glad you made that point because I found myself like being very um, focused lately, because again, like you said, it is for all children. However, when I look at the effects of what has happened, you know, um, in our marginalized communities, that is where my energy is going to go because it is that population that I want to empower, that I want to, you know, support, that I want to make sure they have the access that's needed so we can change the narrative and reverse some of these effects that we see taking place in our society. Hey, did you always know that you wanted to be in education? Or how did you get here? First of all, where, where'd you go to college? What happened after high school? Where'd you wind up going to college? And I don't want to, we're not going to dwell on that too much, but where did you go? And and then, you know, take us through that question about- I, I, yeah. uh, I went to, I have a story and that's, we could be here, you know, all day long with my story. But I went to several colleges, but the main college that I attended was Brooklyn College, which is, you know, known as the Harvard of Brooklyn. That's what's um, it's one of the city university of New York schools. Mm-hmm. And so um, I received, you know, multiple degrees from Brooklyn College, you okay. know, as I continued my, my uh, career path in the Department of Education, because when I did begin my career, my goal was to teach. Again, you going did, back you knew to the experiences to and the exposures, you know, that our children have as a young adult, my goal was to teach and teaching is a noble profession. But again, this speaks to the importance of making sure that our children know that there's so many options available to them. But it was once I began teaching and started doing different things, I had a principal at the time who saw, you know, different leadership qualities in me. And she began to cultivate that because, you know, I'm, I'm the eldest of, um, uh both sides of my family you know so <laughs> you're, you're the matriarch huh yeah you know i was the first daughter first child first grandchild for, on both sides so i've always been in that role right that leadership role and and helping my younger siblings helping my younger cousins i've always had like a, a natural you know maternal instinct and and just always been like just supportive in nature um, so going, but going back to um, being an educational leader specifically, it was, you know, my principal, Dr. Janice Jacob at the time who saw something in me and she began to cultivate, you know, what she saw. And so then I became a teacher leader supporting the teachers, you know, 
<laughs> as a staff developer focusing specifically on literacy and then I fell in love with special education because again you know that I'm, I'm just driven to represent the people who need the most support who I feel need the most support and so I became a special ed administrator initially um, because special education is not just about children with IEPs it's really and truly about what are we doing for all children because it's a continuum so that's oftentimes misunderstood. Um, and then I became a principal coach working specifically with District 17 here in Brooklyn, you know, supporting the 32 principals in the district. And there was a school that was struggling and we knew the school was struggling. And I remember sitting down having discussions about, oh, what are we going to, who we're gonna put in this school? Not knowing that it was going to be me, <laughs> but, uh, you know, it ended up being me, but you know, these last four years have just been nothing but amazing because once again, I didn't see all of this, right? I didn't right. see me becoming an entrepreneur. I didn't see me becoming, you know, an Amazon bestseller two times, not one Come minute. on, come through. How many times? How many times? Like, Amazon bestseller two times on the <laughs> two show. Times, right? Go. You know, because my first book, Still I Thrive, is um, anthology project with uh filled with stories of, of persevering through not only the pandemic but you know just real life again stories are very powerful um and now the second book the children's book shine on brown gold which still speaks to again leadership and and it's just in a different way right so i didn't see this so i'm, I'm yet again like you said before just continuing to grow and develop myself and it is uncomfortable, you know, and it is oh, yeah, yeah. sleepless nights and, you know, questioning yourself and all of that oh, kind yeah. of stuff. Oh, but yeah. you have to, you know, keep going and align yourself, like you said, with organizations such as OSG and aligning yourself with individuals such as, you know, Dennis, who's always like, all right, so what's next? <laughs> right, right, right. Well, who said it would be easy to break generational curses? Mm particularly when they come to economics and education. Yes. Um, and you being the first offspring grandchild of your family, you mm -hmm. carry that, you carry that burden, you carry that responsibility, you carry that obligation. Mm -hmm. And I'm glad that you've leaned into it. And I hope that your family can appreciate, I'm sure they do appreciate yes. your leaning in because it's not light and it's not easy. But thank goodness for you. Thank God for you. Thank yes. God for you. Let's let's deviate a little bit. Let's talk about Brick House. Okay. Is that what it is? Brick House. What is Brick House? Brick House Unlimited. So what's Brick House Unlimited? I, I didn't know I was going to, you know, evolve into being an entrepreneur. <laughs> right. So Brick House Unlimited was founded during the pandemic. And it was founded because again. I've always been a community person by nature, um, but during the pandemic, I was doing so many different things to support my families and they were so grateful and appreciative. And I just felt like I needed to do more, right? So I founded a company, Brick House Unlimited. And, and just to sum it up, and I had to work on this too, right? Like, well, what do we really represent, right? Um, and for me, what I represent <laughs> as the founder of the company is, you know, providing, closing the access gap, right? Because oftentimes people like to say, oh, academic gap is an access gap, right? And until we embrace that as a society, we're going to continue to perpetuate, you know, all of our 
societal problems, right, that we see um, because it is an access gap. So my goal is to um, provide children and families with, with a variety of resources to close that access gap. And I provide them with um, educational experiences that's going to help with that. Because like I said before, even thinking about myself and wanting to become a teacher, I never thought about doing, I never thought about all of this. I, I couldn't imagine it because it wasn't my experience and it wasn't things that I was exposed to as a child, right? Because the brain is a powerful thing. So being an educator and being amongst children, it is absolutely critical that we give children the possibility of hope. And I oftentimes say this, shout out to Michelle Obama. I can't wait to like meet her personally one day. I'm through and Michelle, holla at her now. After I give her a hug, you know, I'll make sure I tell her, I said it first. That's right. <laughs> I'm in the business of hope. And that's what I always used to say, right? Because I really believe that, right? When, when people are, because we're human beings first. And when people are experiencing, um, going back to Maslow's hierarchy of needs, if they can't take care of their basic needs, they can't see beyond that, right? Psychologically, like this is proven, right? That has to be addressed first and foremost. When we could get people in a good mental state, then we can talk about all these other things, right? Do I believe it can happen simultaneously? Yes, meaning you may be in the trenches in the moment and going through your transitional period in your life, but let's provide you with the resources to support that while also supporting you in reaching your next steps. But there has to be people who believe in that. And I'm one of these people who believe in that. And we know OSG believes in that. You know, and I'm part of another organization, Black Influencers United. And we had our um, Black Commission's study uh, meeting today where we're rolling out the first ever K through 12 Black History Curriculum Program and we know once we get that right in New York City, we're going to take that around the country. Yeah. Like we know that, but it is important for us to take action and make sure that our children and families have this, this have the exposure and the experiences that's necessary. So for me, it's not just about the book, but Brick House is not just about the books, but Brick, Brick House Unlimited represents all that I am and all that I plan to do in terms of just bringing as many different um, resources and supports to the children and families in our community. So it's beyond my school, because again, if we want stronger schools, we have to first begin with stronger communities, right? Making sure that uh, we have strong communities because then that's going to yield stronger families and we'll have stronger schools. So it's connected. It really and truly is connected. So sometimes educators like to say, oh, keep the main thing, the main thing of focus on children passing the test. It's not the main thing. As a, yeah, as we a want person. children learning how to rewrite and do math. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely, yeah. right? But if we're talking about changing the narrative and if we're talking about dismantling status quo and if we're talking about equity, then we have to think way beyond children passing a test yeah. way beyond that that's still for me you know we were as educators we were all trying to get back during the pandemic you know the first few days 
couple of weeks. It was like, just want to get back to the way things were. And here we are, many of us, some of us, some of us, not as many as before, are still talking about getting back to the way things were when that ship has sailed. We are, and I'm, I'm glad it did. Yeah, we I'm are in the did. new norm mm -hmm. and, and we have to be setting up shop for that, so, which leads, it's a great segue into this next question that I have for you. Mm -hmm. It's like, you know, the standard question is, it's like, what's keeping you up at night, right? Like what's challenging you when you think about education? And I know that's a <coughs> loaded question, mm -hmm. particularly when you think about communities. So I kind of want to abridge that uh, question. What's happening? What needs to happen in our communities to better prepare and better educate our school-age children? We need courageous leadership and we need courageous leadership in all levels. So I'm not just talking about principles, you know, the way most school systems are set up, right? Everything does um, derive from the principal, but not just, but the principal is not the only leader in the community, right? So I'm calling on all community leaders to be courageous leaders, to be courageous enough to, if we, if we want our children to have, you know, healthy meals, then let's make it happen, right? Yeah. You know, because there are things that we talk about within our society, but that's it. It's just talk. Like, when do we make it happen? Like, we're talking about the 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 sixty five percent right of of children in New York City who are not reading on grade level. So, what are we going to do about it? Like what, do we, what, what do we, because that's a very similar st stat here in Chicago, right? In the Chicago public school system and statewide. And I'm, and I'm sure that's going to mirror in Detroit and Atlanta and Tech Houston right. and Urban areas, right. Mobile, Alabama and all of those places as well. So Jeffrey Canada is my one of my idols. I love Jeffrey Canada because it seemed like he's, you know, Harlem, Harlem in, is where he got his start in his work, but he was a, trying to address the family. Um, as soon as he knew that a woman was expecting, he was attempting to get in there to work with the parents to be better equipped to raise the child. What's your, what's your perspective on that approach, like attempting to bring the parents in and in, in, in helping our kids is that is what what's the answer what is the answer everything, to the literacy issue everything that i that i've you know shared with you today and things that you may have heard community is everything right schools are not okay. a separate okay. entity from society schools are a reflection of we cannot get to greater schools if we are not involving the families and the community because again the way the schools are set up the funding, again, courageous leadership, the funding is what needs to change. We have the money. So it's not a matter of we don't have the money. When I say we, I'm talking about is in the system, right? And all systems across the country, some of the places that you just mentioned, right? The money is there, but it is the allocation of the funds that's the problem. Because if we look at things such as the literacy rates, right? And it behooves us, the leaders, 
right? The people who are educated, the people who are the professionals, the people who are in these positions to make equity happen. It behooves us to be courageous enough to say, you know what? Let's make sure we have a viable program for all of the families within the community from birth to preschool, right? And when I say pre, I mean before children come to school. Like, let's make sure we have those resources within the community, right? So that children have access to books at home. One of the things I'm doing in my school now is every grade we're doing the Build Your Library um, program where we're getting donations from, you know, um, community organizations. So every child in my school, and we're making it a big to-do thing because running, reading has to be seen as cool. It's cool yeah. thing to be, right? Readers are leaders, but we have to send those messages in multiple ways, right? But I'm doing that. I choose to do that. Nothing is, you know, in my contract that says I must do that. But imagine if there's a program within our communities to make sure that children have access to books at home and not only access to books at home, but parents are able to tap into different community-based organizations so that they can learn how to, you know, um, develop their children reading skills at home, but also supporting families who may be illiterate themselves. Absolutely. So we can't say that we want to address the problem if we're not, like you said earlier, getting to the root of the problem. And that's just birth to five. I haven't even talked about by the time children get to school and we need to revise the teacher certification courses to make sure every educator is a reading teacher. Yeah, yeah. I don't care what subject you yeah. decide to specialize in in middle and high school because in elementary school, you know, we have to teach it all. But no one should graduate from teaching, from teacher training programs without being trained to be a reading teacher. Because things happen. Children come in from different countries. You know, things happen to families along the way. You may get middle school children and high school children who are still struggling with the foundational reading skills. So therefore, every teacher should be a trained reading teacher, right? And it's five pillars of reading that needs to be addressed. So every school should have the necessary curriculums in place to support the teaching of reading and the remediation of reading. And that costs money, which society has. But society, but the leaders in our society are not courageous enough to say, let's address this issue, right? And the same way we give credit to, you know, people who, I don't know, we reward people for many different reasons within our society, not knocking that or taking anything away from anyone, but where do we make literacy a big thing? Where do we celebrate that? So at our local board meetings, at you know different political um, uh, meetings or whatever the case may be, like literacy needs to be attached to everything. And then when we look at the different um, entities within our society, foster care facilities, um, um, transitional housing, the prison system. Hello, statistically, don't we know what is the common factor for 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 our uh, for the people that's in prison? The illiteracy. Illiteracy. So while we're not in the prison system trying to, if that is a correlation, then there should be CBOs. I'm working on that, to be honest with you. I'm working mm -hmm. on trying to get contracts to go into the prison systems to 
provide reading workshops to help the you know the inmates with their children again because it has to be seen as this is the way out right but we don't we don't have that taking place within our society and that's just one example of whatever we feel whatever we feel is a problem let's sit down and be brave enough right to be brave enough to say okay what are some things that can be done right let's list them and let's make sure it happens and un but unfortunately, those things don't happen. We like to talk about, oh my God, the amount of people that go into prisons. You know, let's give them more time or let's arrest more people as opposed to say, what is the cause of this? Let's get to the root of the problem. And I've studied this as a literacy person, right? And as a social justice person, and that is the root cause of a lot of juvenile delinquency, a lot of, you know, when you study a lot of the prison, um, the, the population, the inmates there, that is the crux of the problem. So imagine, imagine what we could reverse if we focus on literacy, not, but not only our children learning how to read before they come to school, while they're in school, but things happen in society. So let's make sure that in these different places, right, that we're still, you know, providing additional resources so that when you you know you become an adult and you leave foster care system you're good because you're a reader right when you leave the prison because whatever situation happened you're good because now you're a reader like come on and we're not talking about bringing viable solutions then what are we talking about crazy what are we talking about That's crazy because they're as adults you know you know one of the things that one of the benchmarks for success is your ability to take care of yourself and be independent. <laughs> and when you start asking folks to, uh, uh, and I heard principal, I heard I heard principal power, I heard power talking about this in the OSG call today. Are you a disruptor or a disruption? Mm -hmm. If you're not willing to go to the table and voice your observations of educational injustice, then you are a disruption. Hear what I said. If you are unwilling to voice the injustices in education, then you're a disruption to the, to the solution. It's okay to be a disruptor and say, hey, wake up everybody. This isn't working. We have to do something different. And that makes people uncomfortable. It that makes people makes very uncomfortable. It absolutely makes people uncomfortable. Thank God for OSG. Come on. Make people uncomfortable all the time. Hey, I, that's what that's why I show up. I'm at, well, that's a whole nother episode, but that's exactly <laughs> why. Some some of us love love that. I, I like to be pushed and I like to have those real conversations. And uh, a lot of educators at the top level, we know who they are. You know, a lot of people want to keep it nice and calm and peaceful, but there's no growth in that. And that's why so many classrooms around the country, around the world operate. Uh, in the industrial are still operating in the industrial age. Uh, right. So, so let's switch, let's switch gears a little bit. You know, I wanted to get that one out first. So let's, let's turn it up a little bit. What's working for you in education? What are you excited about in education? I'm excited about, you know, seeing my students make progress in my school in particular. You know, I'm excited about educators such as, you know, the ones that I find in OSG, the ones that I find with Black Influencers United and the work that we're doing to change the narrative, 
you know, so those, those are the things that I feel are going well. You know, I'm excited about um, when I see different programs in place to support the families, you know, and when I see different, um, um, you know, entities coming together, like Saturday, I'm doing family community day and I have 100 suits, you know, um, the guy, Kevin Livingston, he's, he's there supporting. Yeah, I have another studio yeah. that's coming doing, you know, Sassy Sign Entertainment with Soup for Soul. I have, you know, Elite Learners, which is another, you know, dynamic organization in Brownsville, Brooklyn, that's, you know, um, definitely disrupting a whole lot of stuff over there, you know, so that the power and the and vivid imagination. So Brandon is also coming out on um, Saturday. So we're providing not only support for our children, but also for our families and Kaleidoscope. That's another partnership that I have that's also coming out because I believe in providing wraparound services for the entire family, for the children, as well as, um, you know, our, our families. So I'm, I am, I do get excited about that, you know, when I'm able to see things happen. I'm excited about student government and the things that, you know, my children want to embark on. And again, the different partnerships that we've made, because I'll tell people in a minute, come talk to my children. Because they need to know from a very early age that their voices matter. I don't want my children to feel like they're victims. Now, we, we are aware of, you know, the systemic injustices that take place, right? However, you see something that you don't particularly like, let's do something about it. I'm going to teach you from now. So, like, right now, they're not happy with the food that's being served in the school, which has nothing to do with me as a principal. But I had a meeting with whoever I need to meet with. And the next meeting is he's bringing his team. They're going to sit down and devise a plan with my children. Because uh, they yeah, don't like it. Right? But yeah. so when, when I see examples of that, you know, and even like today in OSG, what Allison is doing in her school. So those are the things that do make me excited, mm -hmm. right? Um, because I feel like there are people like Dr. Bias with the partnership with the mayor, like they, there are people who get it and there are people who care. And so those are the things that, you know, I, I definitely get excited about. That's super dope. Super, and today, dope. you know, I'll give you something from today. I'm getting some so, tea. Come on. <laughs> Come on. Spill it. No, today, like my children are so cute. So I was in the classroom doing some <sighs> observations and I always try to make things fun and learning or whatever. So I was modeling something for the teachers of uh, like citing evidence, right? And relevant details. So, you know, I said to my children, okay, so my claim is Ms. Williams is a great principal. So that's my claim. Then let's, let's, let's differentiate between relevant and irrelevant details. So I said, okay, Ms. Williams has on black boots. Is that a relevant detail or irrelevant detail, right? And so they knew that it was an irrelevant detail. So I'm like, okay, do I have on black boots? Yes, but that does not give you, that doesn't speak to my claim of Ms. Williams is a great principal. So give me some evidence. Like what makes Ms. Williams a great principal? So then, <laughs> so then they were like, oh, Ms. Williams bring fun and exciting things to the school. Like we have fun here. Someone else said, oh, Ms. Williams, you know, she makes sure that we, uh, we have practice, you know, we have practice tests so we can do well on state tests. <laughs> they were like, Ms. Williams doesn't yell at us. Like she talks to us. So they were just like citing all these yeah. different examples. Right, right, right. Morning. But that's my evaluation. We call that at Genius Lab, we call that those aha moments. We 
melt when we get aha moments when we hear the kids say oh i got it or oh i feel oh I, it makes sense or anytime we can have a young person explain what they've learned those are our aha moments and we love them that means we know we've done the job so I, as a teacher i know that feeling that that obviously feels good yes yes so final question what are we preparing young people for today? And the preference is the backstory behind that question. When I was in school, middle school, high school, it was all about go to college, get a job, get married, take care of your family. Mm-hmm. Get a job, get a job, get a job, get a job. What are we preparing young people for in graduating class 2022 and beyond? Well, I can speak to what I'm preparing my children for, and I can speak to what I know, you know, I I feel are my next steps in terms of supporting principals so that we see more of this. But I don't even like the question of what do you want to, um, what do you want to be when you grow up? I don't like that question. My question to my children is, what do you see in society that you want to change? Because you are a change agent. What's happening in your society right now that you don't like? We have to talk to our children. We have to prepare them. They're ready because they're living this, right? So my children have issues with homelessness. They have issues with the crime in their neighborhoods. They have issues with um, food insecurity. They have issues with, like, they, they know these are real issues, right? But how do we empower our children to know that they can address these issues and do something about it? So I'm preparing the next wave of change agents and being powerful beyond measure. Because to me, that's what it's really about. And my children as young as kindergarten, and I partnered with another organization, Smell, and he comes in and, and my children as young as kindergarten I participate in the financial literacy and entrepreneurship program. So my children are writing business plans and seeing how they can, you know, have their own companies because we have them develop something, you know, at this level. Um, but again, planting those seeds and those are the types Foundation. of things that we want to see replicated throughout because the factories are gone. And they're never coming back. Right. So you said something earlier about the industrial revolution. I mean, that that whole period mm-hmm. is gone. We're not preparing children to work in factories. Well, we shouldn't be preparing children to work in factories. We need to prepare children to be critical thinkers, right? We need to prepare children to, like I said, be the next wave of equity warriors and, and change agents. And my thing with children is always go with your passions. So I never try to steer children into any which way, you know, Go with your passion. Whatever it is that you're passionate about, the money is going to come. I'm glad to hear that. I'm glad to hear that. Um, That warms my heart. If there are principals and educational leaders out there who are giving students uh, advocacy and voice and exposure, that's exactly what we need, Um, which is why it was super important to make sure that you were on this episode of Dope People. But before we go, is there anything that, um, because we are wrapping up, is there anything that you, we didn't talk about that maybe you want to make sure you get out the message? Um, um, 
Yeah. <laughs> I'll just add, make sure you uh, purchase this book, Shine on Brown Girl. <laughs> it's on Amazon right now, bestseller. And know that I am available again. It's more than just the books for me. So I'm available to partner and do work in Chicago or whatever, you know, so that we can bring about these um, changes throughout our country so that we can take care of our children. I'm also um, featured on a television show tonight. So it's a local television show here in New York City. I emailed it to you. So I don't. Okay, well, we'll put it in the show notes. So hopefully they can even go see the. Yeah. replay of it right 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 Absolutely. so um what's the well, tell us a little bit about the television show <laughs> beyond focus it's, it's beyond focus tv and they highlight you know local people who are okay. you know, just doing some great and amazing things um so i'm yeah. really excited about that <laughs> i saw pictures of you online with uh principal akbar was that at yeah. the osg brunch where i guess they had yes. cakes of your books yes yes so that, uh, that i wish i was yeah, yeah. That, that, that was at the brunch where, you know, we celebrated, um, you know, uh, OSG also um, is publications, publications company as well. And so I was the first book, you know, nice. Shine on Brown Girl, Amazon bestseller, and nice. then focus on the love with Akbar Cook, you know, who also Amazon bestseller, also doing phenomenal things out in um, New Jersey. He's also, yeah. we're also partnered with him for his Lights On program as well. So again, it's all about partnerships and just continuing to, you know, pull together our knowledge, our resources, because the answer is in the room, right? The love is, mm -hmm. is in the room. So as long as we continue to do that and support one another, you know, it's, it's endless. The opportunities are endless for our children. But sometimes we do have to pause and take a moment to celebrate. So that's Absolutely. what that was for, you know, celebrating um, OSG's first two books being Amazon bestsellers and just, you know, taking that time to give people their flowers while they're allowed to alive to enjoy them Absolutely. so that was great you know and I I definitely had a great time with OSG and you know my family and friends and you know I appreciated that moment yeah well listen um we haven't I know for a fact mm -hmm. and to everybody listening we haven't even began to scratch the surface with you <laughs> you are filled with so many so much hope you mm -hmm. are a beacon of light you do shine so shine on brown girl Thank keep you. doing it your best work is yet to come mm. this ain't even your best yet it's still coming so mm. i'm excited to have you on here i thank you for everything that you've done to make your calendar available to be here this you ain't no punk i know it Glad to have you here. BK in Chicago is always doing great things. Yes. And uh, I'm just super excited to have you here. So everybody listening, uh, tell, them, tell them where they can find you. I know you're on Instagram. Where else can yeah, they find so you? I'm on Instagram, you know, principal underscore shine on Lakeisha for all things related to, you know, because um, yeah. I am the brand, right? That's right. Related to everything that I'm doing, um, brickhouseunlimited.com. I do have that website up and available again. Um, you know, I'm, I'm branching out and doing the workshops. Like tomorrow I have my writings master's class. Um, I'll share that with you because you can share it because people could, yeah. I'm doing an in, informational session in person here in New York, but um, the, the classes themselves will be um, virtual. 
we want to share it'll be in the show notes um again (laughs) hey y'all listening she just getting started there was 20 years of of just getting just getting in (laughs) just making it making the foundation good but she just getting started so the foundation is solid we are here principal shine on lakeisha thank you for being here on dope people you already know what it is until next time peace